There's no shortcut. There's no program. There's no book. God uses the spirit-empowered word to conform us to the image of Christ. That's the goal of our salvation. He's preparing us for eternity. The word reveals a totally sufficient Savior, Jesus Christ. And folks, when we value and treasure the word, we're going to want to be in his word. Welcome to this midweek edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, today's message is one that's at the core of your personal ministry and calling. You know, David, absolutely is. Bringing forth the truth of God, preaching and teaching God's word is what I believe God has called me to do in the local church level. And, and that's the same thing which is brought forth in the daily radio broadcast And Dave, it's my firm belief and understanding from Scripture, as we're going to see today, that God's Word is the means in which He brings about spiritual growth. Therefore, I desire to be all about God's Word, and so should every believer. And so with this in mind, let's get to this tremendous passage where we're going to see we are to have the Word of Christ dwelling richly in us. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 16 and 17. Well, thanks, Greg. And as always, if you have to miss a portion of today's broadcast, you can hear this entire program online at etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. We are to be filled with the Word of God, the knowledge of His will. We're to allow His Word to occupy our beings. We're to allow it to take possession, to fill our hearts the truth of Christ from the Word of God filling our hearts on a continual basis. Be filled to the brim with His Word. Top off your heart with His Word. Let it dwell richly in you. Now, sadly, there are many believers who rarely have His Word dwelling in their hearts, and maybe that's a sign. Maybe that's a sign that there's something wrong. You see, when the Word doesn't remain in the heart, there might be something wrong. Turn to James chapter 1. James says in verse 19, and this has to do with the Word of God initially here, Therefore, my beloved brethren, but let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the Word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the Word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man shall be blessed in what he does." There are those who name the name of Christ who hear the word of God and immediately it's gone the minute they get away from it. It's gone. It doesn't remain in their hearts. You may want to examine yourself if that's your case because it talks about a worthless religion later on in the same passage. Yet there are some believers here who are truly believers where the word is not dwelling richly. It's dwelling, but it's not dwelling richly. And quite frankly, maybe it's dwelling poorly. The word of Christ is not receiving the full attention it deserves in the heart. It is dwelling poorly. It is pushed aside. It is allowed to fall by the wayside. Proverbs 13, verse 13, easy to remember. 
the one who despises or treats lightly, the word will be in debt to it. There are believers that have it in their hearts, but it's not dwelling richly. And I believe there are many believers, as we see these Colossians were tempted, by the way, to do, who allow man's wisdom and man's ways to permeate their hearts, to dwell with, in a sense, the Word of God, and therefore it's not dwelling richly, the Word of God. It's dwelling quite poorly. Indeed, again, we saw the false teachers trying to delude them with persuasive arguments using worldly wisdom, the world's wisdom packaged through religious religiosity. And by the way, if you buy into this junk trying to relate to God through the shadows, religious experience, or rules, then I guarantee the word is not dwelling richly within you. And even worse, we have believers who are absorbed in this world through social media, television, radio, whatever it might be, and that's all that's going on in their hearts rather than the word dwelling richly. They have the word dwelling, but it's dwelling very poorly. And I posit to say in the lives of some believers, it's dwelling very poorly. And I'm sure we all have understood that within our own lives at times. Let me give you an example. If you are in a relationship and you are interested in another person, then you value their word and you want to listen to it. You see people who are dating young ones. They're on the phone all the time talking to each other, texting each other. They want to hear each other. And the reality is, if you are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ through faith, then you're going to want to hear what he says. You're going to want to hear his word. You see, if Christ is of high value to you, then you're going to want to have his word in your heart. If he's of low value because of all this other stuff coming in, which you need to confess if that's happened. So my question is, is the word dwelling richly in you or not? It's a command for believers. If you name the name of Christ, I believe in Lord Jesus Christ, I am his child, is it dwelling richly or poorly? It behooves us to have a proper view of him and his word. Now remember, in this context, what God's word does for us. God's word is the means in which he brought us into his family. We know James 1.18, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. We know in one twenty-one, as I read earlier, James, that we are to receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. We know from 1 Peter one twenty-three, for you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and abiding word of God. All flesh is like grass, and its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. We know that God brought forth the truth through his word. Paul telling Timothy says to him to stay in the word of God, and he reminds him on how he found out and understood about salvation. It was through the word. 2 Timothy 3.14, You, however, continue in the things which you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you've learned them, that from your childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And he says all scriptures inspired by God. We know that faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, Romans 10.17. That's the only other place the term word of Christ is, by the way, just note on that. It's by the word of Christ. And we know we're not to be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the means in which God brings forth and speaks into existence his new creation, the body of Christ. Now, not only were we born again through the living and abiding word of God, it is the means in which we grow in respect to our relationship with Jesus. We see in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul is so thankful, by the way, he says, 
And for this reason, we constantly thank God that when you receive from us the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God. These pagan Thessalonians turned to God from idols. They got saved. Paul was so thankful. They saw it as God's word. And he says, which also performs its work in you who believe. God's word by his spirit works in the believer. Very clearly we see that. It's a truly amazing statement. It performs its work in you who believe. This is how God conforms believers to his image. The word by the spirit does the work in the heart that is allowing it to dwell richly. He doesn't say worship performs its work in you who believe. He doesn't say man's wisdom performs its work in you who believe. He doesn't say psychology performs its work in you who believe. He doesn't say clever stories and illustrations performs its work in you who believe. But what does he say? It's the word of God which also performs its work in you who believe. We know from 2 Timothy 3.16 that God uses his word. It is that which is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. We know from 1 Peter 2.2 that we are to, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that we may grow in respect to salvation. We know from 2 Peter 1.3, we're to see that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He says in verse 3, the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted us his precious and magnificent promises. I'm preaching to the choir. You all know this, but we need to be reminded of this, right? We're all familiar with Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Psalm 19 makes it clear what God's word does. It is perfect, restoring the soul. It is testimony sure, making wise the simple. Psalm 19, verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them thy servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. After inviting those who are without money to have salvation without cost. In Isaiah 55, the Lord says, For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth, and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word, which goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire, without succeeding in the matter for which I sit. And what did Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There's no shortcut. There's no program. There's no book. God uses the spirit and power of word to conform us to the image of Christ. That's the goal of our salvation. And he's preparing us for eternity. The word reveals a totally sufficient Savior, Jesus Christ. And folks, when we value and treasure the word, we're going to want to be in his word. If you treasure other things, then you're going to be in those things. If you treasure your social media more than the word, then you're going to be in that more than the word. It's what you treasure. It's what you desire. 
Job, going through such a horrible trial, instigated by the devil to try to make Job, this righteous man, turn against the Lord. And he didn't, but God used it to actually work in Job's heart. Job, in the midst of this, said in Job 23, verse 12, I have not departed from the command of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You know, sometimes God's got to bring you down to a point where you see how much you need him and his word. Got to have the right attitude. I've mentioned this many times in the book of Proverbs. You could turn in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2. There needs to be a heart attitude. You can come to a good church and listen to the word of God every day. You can have sermons running in your car. You can listen to it all day, but it doesn't mean the word's going to dwell richly in your heart. There has to be a heart attitude towards God and his word. Proverbs 2, my son, if you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you, make your ears attentive, incline your heart to understanding. Hey, you got to want it. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice to understanding. If you seek her, what? As silver and search for her as hidden treasures. Do you value God's word and you seek after it in that manner? Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord God gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. I've already mentioned Psalm 19, about what the word does. Turn to Psalm 119. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the, we should. This, the whole thing is about a right heart towards the word of God. I'm going to read a couple passages just to get the idea, and we'll kind of walk through a few of them to see where our hearts should be. And if our hearts aren't there, we've got to say, Lord, help me see what's in the way. Help me see what's in the way, Lord God. What am I holding on to? What idol do I have in my heart that is elevating my heart in that area above you and your word? What is it, Lord? Help me see it. Psalm 119, verse 10. With all my heart I have sought thee. Do not let me wander from thy commandments. Thy word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Treasured. It's valuable. That's dwelling richly there. He says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. It's valuable. I will meditate on thy precepts and regard thy ways. I shall delight in thy statutes. I shall not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Look down a little farther, and there's so much. I mean, I could read every verse, but look at verse 25. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to thy word. I have told of my ways, and thou hast answered me. Teach me thy statutes. Psalm 119, look at verse 38. Establish thy word to thy servant as that which produces reverence for thee. Use your word to cause me to fear you, Lord, to reverence you. Do that, Lord, please. I'm praying for that. Verse 41. May thy loving kindnesses also come to me, O Lord thy salvation according to thy word. So I will have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in thy word. And do not take thy word utterly out of my mouth, for I wait for thy ordinances. So I will keep thy law continually forever and ever. I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. Verse 49, remember the word to thy servant in which thou hast made me hope. This is my comfort and my affliction that thy word has revived me. Psalm 119.101, I have restrained my feet from the evil way that I might keep thy word. See that? Psalm 119.114, thou art my hiding place and my shield. I wait for thy word. 
Depart from me, evildoers, that I might observe the commandments of my God. Sustain me according to thy word, that I may live. Verse 140, thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loves it. It's pure, I love it. Love your word, Lord. Verse 148, my eyes anticipate the night watches, that I might meditate on thy word. Wow. Lord, make me like this psalmist. Make me like him. 160, the sum of thy word is truth, and every one of thy righteous ordinances is everlasting. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of thy words. I rejoice at thy word as one who finds great spoil. I could just keep going, but you get the point. It's all about your attitude towards the Lord and his word. If you fill yourself up with his word, you're going to be blessed. You're going to find good. Proverbs 16.20, he who gives attention to the word shall find good. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. We read this earlier, Psalm 1, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel. you got to turn away from man's counsel, man's ways, nor stand the path of sinners. You're not living the way they live, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. You're not entrenched in it. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. It's just running through your heart. I tell you right now, for the believer, if you're not desiring the word of God, then sin has gotten in the way. There's some idol. Something has become more valuable in your heart than God. I'm not saying we're robotronic word people, but we're those who allow his word to dwell in us richly. The Lord is using it to work in our hearts, to speak to us, to guide us and lead us by his spirit. Let the word of God dwell richly. One pastor writes, it must dwell in us richly. Not only keep house in our hearts, but keep a good house. Many have the word of Christ dwelling in them, but it's dwelling quite poorly. It has no mighty force or influence upon them. Now, we're going to see this later on, but I want to show a parallel here with the word of God dwelling richly in the spirit of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, and hold your finger there. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. I would be remiss if I didn't show you this parallel passage. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. Don't be controlled by wine, but allow the Spirit of God to fill you, to control you. Right? And he says here, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Wow, that sounds like our passage. What am I getting at? So often we see the filling of the Spirit and the controlling of the Spirit in the believer's life separate from the Word, but it is together. It is God by his spirit through his word filling the believer. His word dwelling richly in us. Now I'm not going to read these again, but if you read Ephesians 5 and you look at our passage, you're going to see the same language. But one says that we're to not get drunk but be filled. The other one says let the word of Christ dwell richly. I believe it's two different pictures of the same concept and principle. One pastor writes, to let the word dwell richly is identical to being filled with the Spirit. The word in the heart and mind is the handle by which the Spirit turns the will. And it's clear that these two concepts are identical because the passages that follow are so similar. I agree with that. It's through the word of God in the heart of the submitted believer, the one who is the confessor of sin. First John 1 John 1.9, we're the confessors of sin. It's not that we don't sin, we do sin, but we're confessing it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Present tense. We're those who are confessing. If the word of Christ is in the heart of the submitted believer, God's spirit has freedom to control us and to use the word to direct us 
and redirect us. And it produces the life of Christ in us. And there's no shortcut, no program, no book, except for the Bible. God uses his spirit-empowered word to conform us to the image of Christ. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. It's a command, but the way it's phrased, they say let, like kind of sort of allow it. No, it's an imperative command. You are to have the word of Christ richly dwelling in you continually, habitually. So my question is this, are we obeying this command? Some of you are asking to let it dwell. How do I do it? How do I let it dwell richly? Well, we've seen it already. First of all, we need to get rid of sin. We need to set aside sin. We need to confess idolatry. We need to set aside sin and receive the word implanted. Scripture uses the metaphor of us feeding on the word of God. We need to take it in like food. You may be dieting, so you may skip a meal here or there, whatever that might be, but we feed ourselves every day. In the same way, we need to be in the word, humbly receiving it, setting aside sin. We need to meditate on it, Psalm 1. We need to memorize it, Psalm 119. We need to study it, 2 Timothy 2.15. We need to set our mind on the things above, not the things of earth. We need to read, listen, study, meditate, and memorize Scripture. And that happens from a heart that is treasuring it, not just rotely going through some principle of filling yourself. There are those that are in good churches. There are those who hear the word of God who don't know the God of the word. I've shared this passage from Ezekiel 33. There are those who heard Ezekiel speaking and they thought it was like a sweet song. It was like a concert. It was like a man playing an instrument. But then they didn't obey the word. And they would ultimately know that a prophet had been among them. They delighted in the the experience, but not in putting the word in their hearts and the God who spoke it to them. We need to be in the word of God. One writes, tell me what the Bible is to a man. I'll generally tell you who he is. I believe it to be clear evidence of the Spirit's presence when the Word is really precious to a man's soul. I'd agree with that. Some of you have the Word, you think it's indwelling you richly, but let me share, there's some tests, there's some manifestations. So look at our passage, there's some manifestations of the Word actually dwelling, that will help us see, hey, is it really dwelling in me? Our passage, let the Word of Christ which you dwell in you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So we have the command, and then we have three dependent participles, teaching, admonishing, and singing. They are connected to let the word dwell richly, teaching, admonishing, and singing. It's connected together. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. 
Greg, in the moments we have left in today's broadcast, what's one thing I can do today to help me become more focused on the goal of becoming like Christ? You know, Dave, one of the most important steps is committing to becoming a man or woman of the Word. And what I mean by that is you must intentionally prioritize time in God's Word every day. On a personal level, we need to be meditating on it day and night, whether it's listening to biblical preaching CDs or MP3s or on the radio or simply reading God's Word for ourselves. We need to personally set aside time to be in God's Word. Secondly, we need to corporately be in God's Word, and that's only going to happen if we're in a biblical church that focuses on Christ and makes the proclamation of His Word a priority at every level. So as you long to become more like Christ, then start each day by reading and studying and meditating on His Word and and make sure that you're in a biblical church that is permeated by dependent, rightly divided, biblical teaching. As we close today's broadcast, here's an important message from our teacher, Greg Lundstedt. Hi, this is Greg Lundstedt, and it is my great privilege to study and teach the Word of God and to share it with you each day on this radio station. And as you listen, I want to ask you this question. Has equipping the saints been a blessing to you? If so, would you prayerfully consider coming alongside us financially? You see, your financial partnership with us is so appreciated. So on behalf of the team here at Equipping the Saints, we want to praise our Lord and thank you for your prayers and financial support. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, to partner with us, call us toll-free, 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. Or if you prefer to send a gift online, our web address is etsradio.org. Well, we hope you make plans to join us again right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Yeah.